Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have another great guest on. And, you know, as many of you know that watch and listen to the show, I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I always love highlighting the great entrepreneurs in the Carolinas. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I think that, you know, the Carolinas has some very great things going on in the entrepreneurial space. So I do want to welcome to the show, Philip, the founder of Unit. Welcome to the show, Philip. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, before we jump into talking about the details of your business unit, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what led up to you starting unit. Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, I guess a bit about my background. Uh, born and raised in Compton, California. I am the oldest of five. Uh, first in the family to go to college, but I would say the interesting part about my story is that at 13 years old, I moved out of my mother's house and started my first business. That first business was a tutoring program where I hired students from USC and UCLA to go out and tutor K-12 for me all around LA. Um, by the time I was 15, I had about 12 employees, but more importantly, recognized that entrepreneurship is a lot of fun. So I decided to go to Babson College where I studied finance and entrepreneurship, um, had a blast. I truly had a blast. Um, enjoyed Boston, joined a frat, um, and I left undergrad to go do private equity. Did that for about two years and decided that I need to learn a bit more about how these tech companies are built. So I accepted a job out in San Francisco as a junior VC reporting to the four GPs at Initialized Capital and did that for a little bit and decided to quit and start working on unit. So I guess to answer the question, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I can remember and uh, entrepreneurship is just one of those things that I've been excited about since a kid. So um, started quite a few businesses up uh, to get here, but in any case, been starting businesses since I was about, since I was a preteen. So, yeah. Nice, nice. You know, that, that says a, a, a ton, which I got to ask about. I mean, with, you know, at, at 13, like I said, starting a business of hiring, you know, hiring pretty much college students to go work in your business. I mean, yeah. what was that experience like? I mean, what, what really gave you the courage to do that? Because you don't hear that story too often. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. A part of it was necessity. Um, I was going into high school and recognized that I could not tutor anymore myself because I was taking AP courses. So I started to think about like, yo, how can I make some extra money? Um, and it boiled down to like, hey, I can just hire somebody to, to cover all of my tutoring sessions for me. But if I charge a bit more, I'll make a little more money. Um, and then when I recognized that if I add a few more employees, I can make more money. It was just like, OK, this is how I'm going to make some money in the short term. Um, so part of it was definitely necessity. I still needed money. Um, but a whole nother part was just that it was a random hobby that I had around that time. I was reading a lot of business books one of which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure that every entrepreneur in this country has heard of. Uh, and I think that sparked a fire in me um, to take entrepreneurship a bit more seriously. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I'm also curious, you know, as you kind of navigated through, like I said, you went to, went to Babson college and started working, like I said, the, the career route, like, you know, at that time, did you have kind of an internal conflict of, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm doing this to kind of pick up some different skill sets? Actually, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess I had entrepreneurship and finance have always been neck and neck for me. Um, around the same time where I started that tutoring program, I also got into investing into stocks. And uh, when in college, I just didn't have an idea I wanted to build yet. So I was just like, well, let me focus on another area that I'm good at and I enjoy. And that was finance. Um, so I didn't have this idea until leaving undergrad at that private equity firm. And then I recognized that I don't have the skills yet. So I wanted to move a bit more upstream, learn a bit, how, a bit, a bit about how these tech startups are built and then go out and build something. But finance was always neck and neck with entrepreneurship for me personally. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, another interesting part of like the journey for that I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs that we've had on the show is getting to that point where you felt, I don't even, won't even say comfortable, where <laughs> you came to a decision of what yeah. your niche would be. Because I hear a lot of, even in my own business when I'm, you know, working with entrepreneurs and kind of helping them try to build out business plans. One of the challenging things is they don't really know what their niche is going to be. So there's yeah. just a, a bunch of ideas, but it's like, how did you go through that process of kind of narrowing it down? Because you probably had tons of options, but how did you narrow it down to say, Hey, this is what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. Um, I narrowed it down because, uh, one, just recognizing what I can talk about for hours. That was, I think, that was the biggest tall tale sign for me. Um, I enjoy talking about numbers. I enjoy finance. I enjoy thinking through how do we, for lack of better words, build wealth. Um, I enjoy investing. And then more importantly, I started to recognize that all of my friends were coming to me for my framework on how I think about these certain things. And uh it really got to a point of like, oh, I should take this seriously when I started blogging and recognize that my friends would follow up with all of my blog posts, especially the finance ones about like additional questions, additional resources and stuff like that. I was just like, oh crap, like I'm starting to recognize that people are seeking this sort of information from me. Not only do I enjoy talking about it, not only am I sort of like the thought leader in my community, but more importantly, people are seeking me out to, to talk about these sort of finance topics again. So I think that is how I really got a bit more narrow focused on it, trying to figure out what I'm passionate about, while at the same time, where does my audience think of me or, or place me in their, their, their sort of sphere of influence? And it's always been in finance and investing. Gotcha. Awesome. So now when we talk about, you know, unit, can you help us understand, you know, what unit is and yeah. kind of what can people expect from unit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Unit is a mobile app that makes it super, super easy for people to save money with their friends. Um, I guess before even jumping into the product, the genesis of this was recognizing that we as young people in this country, we have a lot of resources at our disposal, but the hard part is just sticking to the plan. Like you can read a million different articles on Google to talk about how do you save and save so that you can invest, but making it uh, a practice is much harder. So that's where that's the background for unit. So what unit is today is for lack of better words, it's a shared savings account with some extra bells and whistles. Um, those extra bells and whistles all are geared towards accountability, transparency and community. 
So I don't really focus at all on interest rates or numbers at all. It is literally focused on accountability, transparency, and communication. I mean, community. So a typical use case for a unit would be a group of friends come into the app saying, hey, we want to save and buy a piece of property together. Um, we want to save $50,000 in order so that we can do that. One person will say, I can cover five. Another person will say, I'll do 10. Another person will say, I'll do eight and so forth and so forth until that 50 is accounted for. And what everyone starts doing is saving in their own FDIC insured account. So while the app makes it appear as if everybody is saving in a pot, it's actually in your own account so that at the end of the at the end of the journey, you're able to decide what do you want to do with it? Like, yes, we said it will we'll buy property. So in that case, you would have to then figure out what vehicle you want to buy the property through. But for lack of better words, it's a shared savings account with some extra bells and whistles. And those bells and whistles, one would be that everybody in the saving group has a tracker. So you as a person in the group will be able to see the progress of other people, um, which makes it a bit more competitive. And now you're just like, okay, everybody else is moving. I need to be moving a bit faster as well. And then the second part, which I get super excited about is the accountability component, which is anytime someone wants to take money out of their account, the group actually has to approve. And that's really how you keep everybody on the same track of like, hey, oh, you should not be dipping into your rainy day fund so that you can go on a date. Like this is for <laughs> the serious issues that will come up and we have to be prepared for it. So we lean on the positive uh, peer pressure as the glue to keep everybody focused on what they said they would do. So that's unit. Okay, nice, nice. I think that is amazing. I mean, now when, when you think about the unit and you think about the customer feedback, what's been some of the things that, you know, customers that are using the app have said and what's some of the comments that they've left? The most empowering thing is that I've gotten a lot of feedback that it is just very simple to actually follow through with what you say you're gonna do. Um, there are, countless savings app out there. But I think the accountability component is the final piece of the pie that a lot of other apps are missing. And one thing that people are super excited about is just that they are not able to whimsically go in, take money out, promise to put it back and never really do. So it's really like holding people accountable for what they say. And I think that is the area where I've gotten most positive feedback. Um, I've seen, my cousin actually was one of the first users of the app. And uh, he told me, and this is my older cousin, but he essentially told me that never in life has he been able to save as much money as he saved over that nice. two month period. So for me, that was just like, wow, like not only am I helping people, but this is like my big cousin, the person I look up to telling me that like, yo, this is, this is working and I have never been able to find anything that has worked for me before. So I would say that uh, is probably... That, that probably is the chunk of the mo most of the feedback that I've received back, which is like, yo, the accountability component, we're doubling down there. That is, uh, that is a huge moat for a lot of people. Nice. That is awesome. So where can people find the app or how can they find you guys online or on social yeah. media to hear about what you're doing? Yeah. So right now we are in a private beta. Um, in order to grab access to the mobile app, you actually have to sign up through our website. And that is yunit.co. Um, from there, we would reach out to you and just uh, figure out what you want to use the app for and then figure out how we can make that happen. But in any case, just sign up for our waitlist at yunit.co. Awesome. Now, you mentioned about, you know, how you were blogging earlier. Are you still active with blogging and content creation? 
now uh, running a business now, man, it is tough to keep up with the personal blogging. Um, I spend all of my time focused on the business at this point, so I don't really have much time for many other extracurriculars at the moment. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, well, if, people, it though. <laughs> if people want to check out some of the stuff that you wrote before, where can they find that? Oh, yes. Um, that is my personal website. Um, that would be philipaubrey.com, and that's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-A-U-B-R-E-Y dot C-O-M. Um, and that would direct them to uh, the blog. I will say it is a password-protected blog, so they would actually have to reach out to me directly to get the password. Okay. Um, but in any case, all of my socials are there, all of my handles, so just reach out, and uh, I would give uh, people access to it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then another thing I wanted to bring up to, I mean, well, actually two things. I mean, the, the Techstar program and also the Forbes 30 under 30. Um, yeah. Congratulations about that. Um, how does it feel, you know, being a, a, a Techstar, Techstar and a Forbes 30 under 30? Honestly, it's, it's tough for me to even process if I'm being honest. Um, I can, I recognize it is like definitely a huge honor, but I've been so in the weeds with the business that I haven't been able to celebrate those moments yet. Um, I feel like after I make the app public, I'll be able to take a step back and appreciate some of the, the journey. But as of late, I've just been heads down building. So I haven't had the moment or time to really process those, those accomplishments yet, per se. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, definitely, Huge congratulations on that. I mean, that, that, that is an amazing, amazing accomplishment and recognition, like I said, of all, all your, your hard work, the things that you're doing. So congratulations on that. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, one last question I always like to ask every guest that comes on. I mean, when you think about, you know, your journey of where you've been and you think about where you are now, you know, what's two lessons that you would share with other small business owners? That's a really good question. Um, the first one I think everybody ignores because most entrepreneurs have a vision of what they want to see. Um, but that first piece of advice I would say is talk to users and listen to the users. Whoever your customer is, figure out who that person is and what gets them going. Um, and actually follow up with those things that, that get them going. So I say this because I feel like most entrepreneurs, we have an idea of the world we want to see which may or may not be in line with the world that the customer wants to see. So talk to your customers and definitely follow up and act on the feedback that you get would be my first piece. Um, and second piece would probably be a bit more inspirational, but I would say dream big and run fast. Um, and that just comes from the fact that like, we do have a vision of the world that we want to see dream big and figure out how do you get there as quickly as possible. Um, don't be afraid to take any shortcuts, just figure out how to get there as quickly as possible and then focus on that journey. But those will probably be the biggest two pieces of uh, advice I'd give people. Awesome. Well, Philip, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you on to share your story, your accomplishments, as well as, you know, hear about the great things that you have going on with the unit. So thanks for coming on. Yo, I appreciate the invite and uh, excited to see how the episode turns out too.
Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.